0: Oh, women and wine. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) This is Queen Speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work to money to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What is happening?
1: I'm feeling really good today. <laughs> <laughs> Just being here with you, The getting only ready. good thing about the day. I think, you know, sometimes <laughs> you just need... I always say, well, it's not my thing, but like the peak in the pit is someone always tells me there's a peak in a pit of your day. For me, it's a joy button. And today, you're my joy button. Aw. Yeah. I needed that. You are. Everybody should have a joy button every day. Queen speaking. Joy button. <laughs> joy
0: button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, what's an update this week, Bron? Sue? I know that we've talked in the past about how I've had a hard time doing nothing. Yep. We've made some strides. <gasps> Prague.
1: Yay! I was going to say finally, but I truly believe everybody does everything at their own pace. Yes. So instead of finally, it's I am so excited for you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's because it's a pace thing it and is. it's me like this exact scenario was me having a slow weekend. Mm-hmm. Which is... Now one of my greatest joys. Yes. And I'll do everything, you know, in the evenings during the week. But to have a slow weekend is really amazing. Yeah. And so after my second day of having no plans and kind of, like, leaning into that and embracing it, I felt that temptation to fill it with distractions. Mm -hmm. And so I actually, like, embraced and recognized OMG, I'm feeling this thing and want to distract myself with social media. Right. And I was like, you're doing that thing where you're saying to yourself, go distract, go find someone who's available to, like, do a thing. No, no. Instead, accept the fact that you're feeling that way, but embrace that you still have this time to yourself because you don't have this very often. And so what is a thing that you can do? To celebrate this free time. That's a lot of solo thoughts
1: to roll through all at once. It all happened. Like put into place every step
0: of the way. Yeah. And <laughs> but it's so, good. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay. I could either sit on my phone and scroll through Instagram mm-hmm. which is not fulfilling and actually makes me feel really bad. I recognize also now how bad scrolling through social media makes me feel when I'm doing it mindlessly. Yes, when
1: you're not like on when you're not like looking for recipes or looking for like to see what friends are doing or wedding photos Mm -hmm. or whatever, but you're just like, I have nothing better to do. It's like time kill. Right,
0: exactly. So I ended up tackling a home project instead, which was like a, okay, here's this thing that I need to do, which isn't very time consuming, but it was like, let me do this thing instead and then embrace, like do something productive versus doing something that detracts from my life and my experience. And I feel awesome having organized part of my basement that was just like a total disaster that just needed to be worked on
1: yeah I always feel like there's this moment too where you're just like if I don't have enough time to do everything that I should just mindlessly scroll instead of like chunking things out and saying like even though I can't do it all then I can just do this much and that's okay Mm -hmm. because that's what I have capacity for that's what I have time for so
0: that's awesome. And that's been working for me. And I think the biggest thing is just recognizing when I'm feeling the temptation to... Scroll. Scroll. Yeah. Or pick up a book. Yeah. That I hear those are good, too. That didn't happen, though, this weekend. That's it's okay. okay. I didn't okay. want that. No.
1: You needed to do active things. Yeah, And the the basement was an active thing. Yes. So that's good. What about you? So I realize we do this every week, and I enjoy this part of our conversation because I think... It just helps, like, for everybody who we talk to and just say, like, this is what I'm working on. I feel really good about it. But I've been feeling like I've been jumping around a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, let me work on this for two minutes. And then let me, like, update on this for a couple of minutes. So I'm changing my own format within our format. And <laughs> I am going to consciously work on one thing for at least, like, three to four episodes so like consciously doing the same update but hopefully that propels me to move it forward instead of just kind of saying like oh I meal prepped this week and then for the next five weeks I have not meal prepped so to like stick with one thing and hopefully do that thing where they say like 21 days makes it a habit so I thought it was 90 days is it I thought it was 21 well oh god, we've all got work ahead maybe that's why I have no habits (laughs) 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 <laughs> because I've only been at it for 21 days. Let's see if 21 works, though. Let's see. So I think that's what I'm going to do. So to start, I've, I talked last week about um, the prioritization square and how like I need to get back on track with that and how I'm really excited to do that. Um, so that's my goal is to finish the prioritization square, then walk with you all through my quadrants and specifically what I'm working on and how I'm working on it like the things that rise to the top and one of those things is QS and how we do things and how we operate and like what I can do on my end to like fulfill this whole situation not just the recording piece of it but you know there's a lot more that goes into this than than just that yeah so I'm excited to like take you and take myself through like each quadrant and really intentionally work on something for an extended period of time and we will see if 21 days makes a habit
0: I love that let's see
1: We'll figure it out. We'll see, guys. So. Maybe we'll have a new <laughs> new method. Yes. So stay tuned. But that's my update, and I am really excited to just kind of get going. I'm already, like, writing things down because I find that that makes things stick for me a little bit mm-hmm. better. I love, like, the thing that fits within your phone screen and, like, checking things off and using colors. Um, but I think I have just always worked better writing things down. So I used my big idea book from and Delight. Shouts mm-hmm. out. And uh, I'm ready to get
0: started. Yay. So it's going to be fun. I feel like that fits nicely into my inspiration for this week. Keep it rolling. Which is an article that I saw from the Every Girl called Why Self-Awareness is a Superpower and How to Cultivate It. Love it. And we've talked about this in the past in our uh, like Accepting Feedback episode, mm-hmm. um, which was episode 23, and... one of the tips in the article that really resonated with me was setting your goals with a why. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so, like, yes, goals are great. And, like, there's also the contrast of, like, do you need goals or do you just need to, like, give yourself some structure to navigate things that you actually care about? Do the things that matter to you. Mm -hmm. But what I like about this is that, you know, for example, if you have – a goal to earn or save more money, defining one to three reasons why that's actually important to you. I feel like it gives shape to, you know, the behind the scenes to why you're actually setting these goals and not just like a one-off. And I think especially coming from like my marketing brain is that sometimes it's easy just to set like, oh, like we'd love 15% growth, but what are those specific things within that that actually provide more context or help you determine the below like the active things that you're going to start doing for yourself and I think it also gives you a good awareness of what is it that you're actually doing and what are the things that come out of this so like as you're thinking about your prioritization square what are the things that are part of the goals that you're setting for yourself or the habits that you want to make in your life and why are these things even important to you that's so awesome and I
1: feel like like that just kind of like blew out my brain a little bit because it really does like that really makes it real and I think either for personal or professional if you're a boss or if you are working on your own goals like I am to have that why component energizes everybody around you so like if you're in the office and you're like, these are the things we have to accomplish done. And like, you're like, well, what, like, why, what is my part in this? And having that why component really changes the game. So that's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to read this article. I feel like I'm definitely going to go back and say like, and a little asterisk in the corner of my note page and just say like, what are the why's here? Mm-hmm. Like only put things on. It's not just like willy nilly, but like, what are the why's And and and. Dig into those things because that's
0: what makes you accountable, I think, too. Yeah, and it it bubbles it up to the top. I think, like, when I think about this, the example I gave was, like, yes, I want to save more money, but why is that actually important to me? I want to go to Europe, and why does Europe matter to me? Because I haven't explored it yet, and, like, I really loved art history, and these are the things that, like, really matter to me and Mm -hmm. I want to have like some cultural element of exploration and like understanding a new culture and being like outside my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and forced to learn enough of a language to make it that's on a so, day-to-day basis. So.
1: Yes, and that's and that just like, it's like what I talked about a little bit last week with that book that I started reading, which is actually also a great segue Segway. into my inspiration. But one of the things I loved about that book in relationship to what you're talking about is that like, happiness is a series of solving problems. And so if your first problem is saving more money, or you're just trying to have more money, and then the solve is save more money. And then the next problem is, okay, now what do I do with all this money? And then the next problem is, okay, but what what am I, why? What's my next step here? And, and, those things might not feel or sound like problems to people. But if you think of them in terms of things to be solved, then your action just continues to move forward. Mm -hmm. And it is that same like why situation. You just keep drilling into the center of it. Yes. So that's super awesome. I'm excited for you. Um, So on that same note of the subtle art of not giving an F, I continue to read and I continue to be inspired. Um, One of the things I didn't talk about last week is – the, Mark really dives into the core value conversation, which I feel like I've been having a fair amount lately in a good way. And just like figuring out what core values mean and how they're different for different people and why it's important to have them, but it's hard to figure out what they are, why they matter, and all of those like nitty gritty things. And I think one of the things that they said was a core value that is not good is being positive all the time. And I Pride myself on my positivity for a majority of the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I always thought of that as my core value. Like, what does that mean that that's not a good thing? And so, what Mark talks about is that if you're positive all the time, you're not facing that things are just not good sometimes, and that's okay. So, by being positive all the time, you're kind of just glossing over the negative and not actually acknowledging it or dealing with it or working with it. And I never considered that side to that conversation. I just always was like, you have to be positive because being positive is the best. And if you're positive, then everything will be okay. <laughs> and you just like go crazy. It's like the dog that sits in the burning room. That's like, this I is fine. fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and like to acknowledge that something is positive or negative gives you power to solve the problem or figure out what to do with that energy. and I just never considered it that way. So I was really thankful because you know you're reading a book you're like, oh, I do this well, I do this well, like check me out. I'm doing all these things. And then they're like, oh by the way, like you're seriously screwing up on this. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. but having that insight was really helpful. So. yeah.
0: and sometimes life serves you a poop sandwich. yeah and <laughs> you just have to be like, this sucks.
1: Yeah. And not, and not like bury it in smiles and unicorn yeah. energy because, like, that's not going to help change the situation.
0: Yeah. So. But tomorrow is a fresh start. So, right. Being like, yesterday was terrible mm-hmm. or today is terrible. I have tomorrow to work through this. Mm-hmm. But recognizing, like, I'm not happy right now. Absolutely. Or I don't feel great about this situation. And, and just being able mm-hmm. to.
1: Yeah. Just give it some life. Yeah, give it some energy. Feel it. Give it some airtime, as my friend would say. I'm like, I don't want to give this a lot of airtime, and I'm like, give it some airtime. Like, it needs to be out there. Obviously, yeah. if it's weighing on you, it should be out there. So, so that's mine this week.
0: That's where I'm at. All right, let's uh get into it. What are we talking today?
1: Today, welcome to part two whoop. of our beer episode. Whoop whoop! I love this. Super excited. <laughs> part one, part two vibe. I know. Welcome to our first two-part episode and part two of our two-part episode. (laughs) Cheers to commemorating this moment. (laughs) Well, cheers later with beer, obviously. So uh, if you listened last week, we kind of got you started on some of the ins and outs of beer and like, you know, flavors to pay attention to all of like the styles kind of thing. And this week, we're going to be talking about the next step to that of how you pair those flavors of beer with some of your favorite food, which tends to be my my favorite part of the conversation, but I do think you need like the groundwork laid as you walk into the food part of the conversation so you know what the next step is. Like if you know what you're looking for for beer, then now all you have to do is look for the food that you like, so.
0: Yeah, I feel like what's great about this conversation too is that obviously there are multi-layers, but I think it's fun to think about beer and food as another element because I think every time that we get together with friends, there's, it's always primarily focused around wine. yeah. And we've talked about this before on many occasions, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to say like, hey, let's mix it up and let's think about things in a different way. And like, just as we challenge you to think outside the comfort zone, we're doing the same for ourselves. And so I think like from the breakdown of part one we talked a little bit about stretching your palate and thinking about beer as it relates to those flavor profiles we talked about hops and yeast and malt and what that does for you as you're tasting different beers but I think what's really cool is that now adding the food element to it takes it to a whole nother level Mm -hmm. and I get really excited about that
1: and that's like a fun different thing like you said to bring to the party I think even beer people Like, Carolyn, again, from Rochester Beer Gals, was, like, a huge component to all of this kind of conversation. Super thankful for her input and her help. But what I loved about her that's different from some of the other beer people I know is that she's thinking about this a lot. She's thinking about pairings. Whereas usually when I have conversations about beer, it's just the beer. But like, give beer a chance to shine with some great food attached to it. Or give your food a chance to shine with some great beer attached to it. And thinking of those things together will really like blow some minds, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's really easy for people to be like, oh, women and wine, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But I think that we need to celebrate the fact that Craft beer exists in a world where we should, as women, be, like, celebrating the women who are celebrating it. For sure. And also accepting the fact that, like, hey, I can be a beer drinker as a woman and this is not – there's no stigma against this, but, like, there's so much opportunity for us to be, like – you know, diving a little bit further into why this is cool and exciting and interesting, and something that isn't just like a thing for the for the bros. Yeah, this is for us too. Yes, and here's how we're going to talk about it with food,
1: <laughs> our favorite thing. <laughs> and we're getting into fall, so like we've got some fun. For me, beer is like much more a fall activity. I love
0: drinking beer in the fall.
1: Yes, so like. And then the food that we've got on our list today is like a really nice, some of it's really hearty and really like yummy and fills you right up. It makes me want to put a sweater on. Yes. And my, like, I have this great giant scarf that I just love so much that I have not seen since like March of last year, which, or of this year, which isn't a bad thing. I really love summer, but. It's currently 95 degrees and we're dying. Yeah. (laughs) There's a reason we live in Rochester and it's, you know, not for year round summer because we like our seasons yeah we love our seasons so so let's speak at queens yes So to start, we're going to get into how to pair, what to look for, like what to think about when you're picking different foods and why different flavors go with those foods um, and why they make sense for different beers. And then we're going to get into the awesome part, which is talking specifically about food. We have a ton of information. We've got a lot of resources to leave you with in the show notes, obviously. But if you're anything like me, I feel like this is the moment where I pull out my notepad and I'm like, I'm ready to take some notes so I can like implement as soon as I'm Done and then like throw my party right after. So yeah, let's get into it.
0: So um,
1: how do you pair beer and food, Sid? <laughs> how does it all work? So there are three ways to pair. One of them fairly obvious, the complement phase. But then there's the other two, which are contrast and cut. So pretty easy to remember: three C's, complement, contrast, cut. So with the complement, you're finding flavors that very much complement each other it's pretty straightforward um when it comes to the food but sometimes it's harder to find in a beer if you don't know beer that well which is why our other episode is a great place to start for this um fruity notes in a beer will pair well with like a citrus salad like those elements are are like and sometimes i think of this like coffee where at like flavored coffee isn't like the flavor that it says it is. Like peanut butter coffee isn't tasting like peanut butter, but it has notes of peanut Mm -hmm. butter. It's the same with beer. I feel like a fruity note in a beer is still very much going to taste like beer, but you're going to get that like note of... um, Orange blossom. Yes, perhaps. Specifically orange (laughs) blossom. (laughs) And things like that will pair well with a citrus salad because you've got your fruitiness all kind of all over the place there. The same is true for like your grilled and roasted and braised meats with like a malty beer so something that's heartier and like like Denser And just kind of almost harder to take down in a way. But see how those flavors just naturally go together. Because your grilled and roasted and braised meats have that, like, it holds on to flavor really well. And it fills you right up. And, and it really, like, I don't know. I, this sounds weird. But, like, coats your whole mouth. I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: <laughs> I feel like this is a really great starting point, too. This is, like, step one. Here's where you kind of, like, conquer this as a novice. Yes. And... It's cool because there's, like, a lot of times on the back of the beer bottle or the package, they'll note some of those things. They'll, like, recommend some pairing suggestions or they'll actually just say, like, this has this flavor in it. And so if you think about, you know, my beer tastes like coffee, Mm -hmm. maybe I should pair this with a chocolatey dessert. Because if you think about how would I pair this if this was, like, the note that they're talking about, what does that make sense with Absolutely, yeah. Outside the scope of that.
1: And in that same breath, like, if you're looking at something that's got, like, a really aggressive flavor to it in a beer like an IPA is just like a super hoppy it's going to like kind of be very pungent it's gonna like kind of get you in the face a little bit it's not going to go well with like a light cheese because it just completely masks the flavor of the cheese Mm -hmm. and if your your goal is to have things that go well together and not just like be like well I like beer and I like cheese like that's fine but if you're really looking to intentionally pair things like think about that punchiness and like an IPA we'll get into this later but an IPA IPA is super punchy, so you're going to want it to go with a punchy cheese, like a blue or something like that. So yeah, I'm like, oh, that sounds so good right now. Um, So think about those things, like when you're shopping and you're looking at things. And like you said, looking at the back of the bottle, like with wine, very helpful. (laughs) They like sometimes just give you the notes. Sometimes they make it easy for you. Right there. Yes. So one example that Carolyn gave that I thought was really great and obviously very obvious, was a pastrami sandwich with a rye IPA. And she's like, think rye on rye. And I was like,
0: huh. That to me <laughs> is like my, I'm immediately going to do that. I'm so excited about that. By the way, we should mention, in case you didn't listen to the last episode, Carolyn Styles is our resident beer expert from Rochester Beer Gals. She and is. She sourced us lots of great info. She did. And she was like just
1: the bee's knees. This is the thing she loves and it like when she sent me the note back with all of the information that she was ready to share I was like this is a literal encyclopedia this is a lot of information but all of these things that I wouldn't have known otherwise and mm-hmm. something as obvious as a pastrami sandwich with rye with a rye IPA just like that is what a compliment is but I just don't think in those terms yeah so so it was fun.
0: Now we're going to make it a
1: little bit more challenging and talk about contrast. Contrast is tough. I feel like this is a hard one to nail. I, you know, it's like sweet versus sour, bitter versus sweet, like just things that generally don't go together. But the reason people pair in contrast, it's because some of the flavors can be, can be enhanced or suppressed. Yes. So that's a thing that you want to think about if you are looking to like, up your game a little bit. I feel like this is for the not like novice level pairing, but the kind of bumping it up a notch. Um, And, you know, it's not good or bad. It's just really based on your preference. So one of the examples is an IPA with spicy foods actually enhances the spice of your food. And this can be really dangerous (laughs) because (laughs) if you like spicy food, like really spicy food, then this might be your just whole game. This might be something you're really into. But if you aren't, that IPA will just really enhance that flavor and even if it's just like a touch of cayenne that cayenne just amplifies in general and that just becomes you know a little uh, a little aggressive,
0: aggressive <laughs> a little for, aggressive really for quickly. your life so in terms of a positive are there any ones that are like the good contrast that we want to have.
1: There are. So, and this surprised me, but a dry stout with oysters,
0: which oysters are your fave. I love oysters, and I always go to champagne or a martini, depending on... I've never, ever in my life paired beer with oysters. I'm so excited. This is really exciting for
1: that reason, because you're just like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new world for me. And for oysters, because they've got that briny sweetness with them... They, the dry stout has that chocolatey, roasty note and that kind of just contrasts well, which I'm just like, does it though? And it really makes me want to try it. Because, I'm tasting like, it in my mouth and I'm so excited. Yes, because it's just like, oh, those feel so different should they go together. But that's why, you know, one of the things is like, it's hard to do. It's hard to find a contrasting pairing that's actually going to work, but it's really exciting when it does, like exactly with your oyster situation. And so it really requires trial and Error, you have to be like kind of ready to fail
0: a little bit <laughs> i think this is a fun challenge for like you and i would do this together as mm-hmm. like a fun friend hang we should do this let's do it and we'll share what we find on the Sosh. yes um but i feel like what's really cool about this is that this again where the compliment was for the novice this is like intermediate level pairing vibes yeah what is it that you can do what are your favorite like pick out your favorite beer and then think about what would be my compliment what would be my contrast and what would be my cut and yeah. so I think that that's a fun way to think about this is like a challenge for yourself absolutely um, and something that I feel inspired by so well
1: and you're a food person so I think for people that like to cook this is a fun challenge too so people that not just love food because I love food but as we know not a whiz in the kitchen. But I think for people that really like to cook and experiment with different things when they cook, this is a fun, this is that fun thing that, like, takes a left turn Mm -hmm. from just the food that they're making, but then, like, really kind of comes at this in a different direction and says, like, okay, I really like to cook. I like beer. How do I put these things together and challenge
0: myself? And this is, this is that way. Yeah. So. I love it. Yeah. Now on to... The cut. The cut. The third C. The
1: one that, like, was a surprise to me, in all honesty. I was like, what is that? What does that mean? I don't really get it. And it's just something to keep in mind for when you're looking to cleanse your palate for lingering flavors of the dish. Super cool. Yeah. And I was like, really? That can happen? Like, seriously, Carolyn, just the best. And so some of the things that you talk about are, like, hoppy flavors cut through fat. So when you think about what you're eating and, like, something that, like, is pretty... Heavy and fat. I immediately thought of bacon. Yes. And think about, like, if you were going to have an IPA with, like, a bacon-wrapped scallop, maybe? That sounds (laughs) effing delicious. And, like, the way that cuts (laughs) through, like, you're getting all the flavors, but, you know, but differently? It's not the same as the compliment, right? Mm -hmm. Because I guess a hoppy flavor would be with something just as pungent. But with bacon, it's just an easy, like, It's just an easy flavor that feels like it goes with everything. So, and then, like, the sweetness of malts kind of reduces acidity. So, that's another thing to keep in mind, too, when you're looking at, like, what kinds of foods. One of the examples that Carolyn had put on here was kind of the Saison with its peppery citrus notes and higher amount of carbonation cuts through a buttery lobster. So... That was an interesting thing for me, too, because we talked about saisons in the last episode and how mm-hmm. they're like brighter and they're a little easier to drink, but they've definitely got like their own serious flavor and butter doesn't a buttery lobster especially doesn't seem to like draw a direct line there, but that's why this cut kind of um compartment is its own category. I love that, yeah. So those again, we've got even more than that, but I think that kind of gives the gist of what those three pairing styles can be. And I think again, to have that contrast be your challenge, but the compliment be your like, look at what I'm learning from the novice perspective is really fun.
0: Yeah, and this leads into kind of the the favorite element of this conversation and why we started thinking about this in the way that we did is just like what when you're having. A gathering. I think it's always like we kind of have our go-tos. So what can you bring that adds a different element? And like thinking about the theme nights or like what kind of consistent elements of a meal are you bringing to the table, pun intended, <laughs> every time that I you're hanging it. out with people. And I really loved this article from Epicurious that had an outline of pairings and components to consider when you're pairing beer and food. And one of my favorites, because I always think about things on, like, a themed basis. Mm,
1: obviously. <laughs> or,
0: like. The party planner. I, I have just a consistent, like, repertoire of things that I love making on a regular basis. So, from a burger, pizza, and wing night, mm-hmm. go for an ale that's super full-bodied and a little fruity. Ooh. Which I think is really fun, because you wouldn't necessarily think about that go to I would just be like oh give me like a something light. <laughs> light yeah <laughs> but to do something that's a little fruity to um, I wonder what one this de- this is maybe it cuts through the I feel like the cheesy fattiness
1: exactly again with that fat and just having that cut directly to each flavor and you get a sense for yeah. everything that you're having including the beer as well as the food
0: and I feel like a fruity element of a beer paired with like a spicy chicken wing yum. I'm so starving right now. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden it's past dinner time and I just really need to eat something. <laughs> so then when it comes to sushi night, instead of you know grabbing your sake, <laughs> grab a lager yes. and think about something that has a pretty clean f- flavor profile. And I think that this is really exciting because a lot like lagers kind of had like a for a while a bad rep and or at least just like. They're whatever. Like people were kind of thinking about craft beer in the very intense, like IPAs and like the fun flavors and all that stuff. But there are a lot of really cool lagers that are coming out right now from craft brewers, and I think that if you're going to lean into the trend, this is something that you might want to pair with um, the sushi because I think you know clean flavor paired with a clean chilled delicious sushi bite. Yum. Count me in. Oh, and sushi is just like. I don't have it that often, but
1: I'm always happy when I do because it just – it's really filling, but just very, like, fresh. All of that freshness, and it's not super heavy, but you get the
0: fullness from it. Ugh, I need a sushi night. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you're thinking about takeout, Indian, Mexican food, or maybe you're, like, prepping a cheese platter for friend hangs, mm-hmm. pilsners with a little hoppy, light flavor – is a really cool option especially another one on the trend like new beers coming in hot mm-hmm. a lot of craft brewers are revamping these too um and it, it this is another one where i think it, the pilsner helps to cut that flavor where you're have like especially with indian and mexican food they're packed with flavor and so to have something that kind of um it's that, that palate out. cleanser. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. And what I loved about this topic is that we were learning so much, too. So I feel like the next time I go into a store or to a restaurant, I have a better idea of not just like picking the thing that I always pick as far as beer goes, but really being intentional about what I'm pairing with my food mm-hmm. and not for like, you know, the blow your mind flavor profile all the time but something that just like naturally is supposed to go together based on the flavor that they have yeah and that's like an exciting thing to think about for the next step and we have places and there are probably places all over the place that do beer pairings just as
0: much as people do wine pairings mm-hmm. and so let's let's get into those i think we should make that a goal for the fall is to do a beer and food pairing like go attend an event so we learn something new yes and then try it ourselves
1: yes we're all about that education and then reflection and then doing it ourselves oh yeah that's a thing i'm learning about that in school right now <laughs> oh <laughs> so i'm now just taking it in and reviewing it all the time. (laughs) So the next, like, kind of... Section that we're talking about are specific types of food and kind of what goes well. But I think, again, this goes back to that complement, contrast, and cut conversation and why each goes with which one and for what reason, if you were able to follow that. (laughs) So with barbecue and, like, the meats in general, not, like, charcuterie, but just, you know, your cooked meats, like chicken, things like that, a lot of what they're talking about here is – The Pilsner, the Ales, like something that is going to be that palate cleanser off of something that is not super heavy, but like rich. Yes. Like your burger with your slaw and your grilled watermelon. Oh, you're you're, yum. Yeah. I'm like, is it still Labor Day? Should we go back? <laughs> <laughs> um, but those pilsners will like cut right th- through that and you'll be able to enjoy both of those really well. Barbecue goes really nicely with a brown ale or a porter and as well as like a hoppy beer. Would never do that. I know. That's so
0: genius. And it
1: also feels like a lot of heavy, but again, like Unless you're drinking to get hammered, this is just a nice way Which to no do Which no one should food. be doing. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> just do go at your own pace. <laughs> Don't binge drink. It's not good for you. But this is what goes back to that, like, you're not going to pound a brown ale or, like, a super hoppy beer. You're going to enjoy it. Or at least from my perspective, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not trying to, like... Do that with a. Yeah,
0: like treat beer. yourself to the ultimate flavor package with like enjoy your food. And I think this even comes into like food and mindfulness a little bit of mm-hmm. like don't oh, just totally. chug your beer and scarf down your food. Like enjoy the elements of what you're actually eating and sipping. Absolutely. And I thought that was great because like, you know,
1: the barbecue has like that charredness and that like really nice smoke to it. So if you've got a porter that's like a nice smoked something or other. Compliments like flavors all together. The hoppiness is interesting because I think sometimes, and now this is me like getting into my super, not even like novice, whatever is a below novice of barbecue where people do like a cedar smoke something or other and the hoppiness with the cedariness because it's got like some punchy flavors there. Does that make sense? Is that a thing? (laughs) Totally does.
0: So that's like... Sid's intermediate level barbecue vibes. Yes.
1: Just take all the notes from me, guys. I know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But those flavors are going to go well together, even if it feels like, ooh, is this too much on one end or the other? Um, This one got me. The slow cooked short ribs. Oh, what? Just give me those like all day. But that, you're going to get a double IPA.
0: I'm immediately like, so... I'm thinking about a short rib recipe that I made with wine, and it was like slow braised and amazing oh, and delicious yes. and just like melt in your mouth. Oh. I'm now a hundred percent going to make this with beer next time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just totally change up the vibe. Yeah. Oh my
1: god. I feel like we're we're putting something together here.
0: We're getting real excited about our own <laughs> notes that we wrote ourselves, guys. <laughs> It's like we look at them, and then you really dig into, it and you're like, "Wow, that looks really good." I'm, and it's also very much dinner time for both of us, so mm-hmm. I'm so
1: hungry. Yeah, and all of this just looks like you could put it on a table in front of me, and I'd have at least six bites of everything. Yeah, and, I was and have, have all have the, the a, beer, a salad for dinner. That's through that through that, that idea barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next one is seafood. So this one is kind of that, like, so steam mussels or clams. But you're gonna go with like the Belgian wit. And that is that clean flavor. So, kind of what the contrast that we talked about earlier um, between uh, an oyster and a porter, I believe it was, maybe. Yes. <laughs> the contrast between an oyster. Dry stout and oysters. Yes, yeah, the dry stout and the oysters. <laughs> so those were the contrasting flavors. Steam mussels and clams with the Belgian wit, is that's the compliment. So you're nice. going to get, like, that clean, very, like, smooth flavor. They all go together, very crispy. Um, and then salmon with your blonde ale. Yes. And that's, like, for the just regular salmon probably, like, on a pan. But a grilled salmon, we're going to
0: go brown or amber ale. Ooh. Taking on the char. Because the grill element adds a whole different element of, and if you're going for charcoal.
1: Ooh. Don't even get me started. But that's what's so exciting about this is, like, The way that you can do foods differently, like depending on where you'd like to cook it or how you like it prepared, that changes the way that you're going to, like with any pairing, it's going to change the type of beer that you want with it. So I think that is what's really exciting too here is that like there's so many options, just so many options.
0: And I feel like it even makes the food, so like if you're like me, during the winter time, I make a lot of like braised meats, slow cooker meals. Mm -hmm. And so to pair it with a beer instead of, anything else adds a different flavor element. So it kind of like mixes up how you're going to think about what you're eating your food with. And so the stuff that you're making doesn't get boring. Right. Exactly. Um, or you'll know what to order when you're out at a restaurant.
1: And that matters. I always feel like so behind and to have like just a little bit of education. Yeah. Helps a lot. So next comes the cheese and meat plate, cheese and charcuterie board, if you will. Mm, delish. So delish. And I think... So I'm a person that likes all types of cheese. I will eat the stinkiest cheese. I will eat, like, the gooiest cheese. I will eat the, like, toughest cheese to get through. Like, I give me any type and I will at least try it and probably really enjoy it. So when it comes to, like, building a cheese and meat plate, I think I, st- I would start with my my beers and then pair the cheese with the beer mm-hmm. because I'd want to step outside my comfort zone when it comes to the beers and then see like what cheese is going to add on to that really well that would just be my preference of way to do things I'm into it just because you know I'm not as familiar with the beer so if I'm like ooh, I want to try that Ooh, let me try that and then figuring out what is going to pair well with those beers is like my workaround yeah, I like it so goat cheese ricotta burrata
0: Fresh, all fresh cheeses so,
1: so fresh so creamy so freaking phenomenal like oh those are maybe some of my faves mm-hmm. i like a creamy cheese they're very good um homemade too ricotta don't. changes the game
0: guys just don't even
1: <laughs> so that's gonna be your pills or your wheat your wit wow That's going to be your pills or your wet and your fruity, fruity wheat beer. Like, those Mm. are going to go well together. And the add-ons you can have there are an herbed polenta, which sounds freaking phenomenal. I'm picturing in my mind. This is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing my herbed polenta that's sitting in a bowl ready to go. I put my burrata on it, cut it in half, lay it out. And then I have my beer next to me ready to go. And I'm putting them all together and just flying away. (laughs) I'm just floating. Maybe after that. just like
0: a drizzle of fresh pesto on top <gasps> or just like the, and a little
1: evo, just a little drizzle of the, evo,
0: the freshest <laughs> olive oil. Yum. Ooh, so
1: good. So with cheddar cheese, this is what's exciting about cheddar cheese is that you can get kind of a gamut of flavors with your cheddars too because you've got, like, the light, the mild, and, like, the super hardcore. Yeah. So you've got the same thing when you're thinking about complements. Think about what level of cheddar you're getting as well because if you've got, like, a light cheddar or mild cheddar even, going super aggressive IPA isn't going to go well together. But if you go super aggressive cheddar and super aggressive IPA – Then you've got like flavors working together.
0: Yeah, I feel like the like crystallized super age, like 20 year age cheddar that we love would be so great with a crisp IPA. Absolutely. And I think that's kind
1: of all you need to say about the cheddar is that like just thinking about what the strength of the cheese is and then the strength of the beer Mm -hmm. and you'll learn how to recognize those things or ask about them. So like if you're just learning about beer, really looking at like how aggressive they are or if you have an opportunity to do a tasting then you'll know for sure yeah but that's when you can go back
0: and look at your cheese and be like okay is this a
1: mile is this a light and kind of go from there
0: i like the idea not 100 percent sure if this will work mm-hmm. someone tell me if it does but a bach beer with like a white irish cheddar Ooh.
1: tell me how it goes that sounds delicious yeah. we'll have to get in touch with carolyn and set that up um So blue cheese, again, super pungent. You're going to want, like, the strength to hold that. And I think that that is just kind of a no-brainer. That seems like a good place to start. If you like, like, an aggressive cheese, if if you can stomach that both in nose and stomach area, then I feel like that would be a really fun place to go because... You get really flavorful beer, and then you get cheese that's, like, that matches that flavor. I think I would get a little lost for, like, so for a creamy brie, you're looking at, like, a Saison. So it's, like, that crispiness, and then the creamy brie has flavor, but it's not nearly as, like, aggressive as, like, your aggressive cheddar or your blue. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'd want to start with a blue personally, if it were me. That's I'm kind of into it. I'm, yeah. So next is the charcuterie board. This one was, like, this one I really needed help with because I'm not as much a charcuterie person. I love all of the meats, but
0: I don't know them very well and what, like, differentiates them. What's interesting, too, is that these, a lot of the ones listed are, like, kind of Mm Italian-style charcuterie. So, like, the prosciutto and the soppressata, salamis... And I always think about, like, complementary region, but I feel like the beers that are listed are totally, like, very, it's very much just, like, flavor profile that balances or cuts through that. Exactly. Which I think is really cool to think about charcuterie in a different way, because, like, one of the ones that's listed is chorizo. Mm-hmm. A smoked beer with a smoked meat? Right. right. Too much? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either because you think about,
1: and again, this is probably not the right language to be using, but like the cancel each other out moment instead of enhance each other. So when we talk about the contrast, part of the reason that spicy doesn't work with an IPA is because it just fully enhances that flavor. You, like, blow out your palate, which nobody wants. Exactly. But with when you think of a chorizo and the smoked beer, like, those are really similar flavors. Even though they feel, like, too intense to be right together, I feel like they just naturally go together based on those profiles. Sounds super delish. It really does. And with the prosciutto and the saison slash pills. Prosciutto. How do you say it? Prosciutto. Oh, see, I always say prosciutto. I, you know. <laughs> i That's how I hear it. So no, that's how I say no it. No oh O at the end. No. Mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how I say mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you all know. But yeah, so the ones that are on your... If it's a mild flavor, it seems to go with, like, a mild beer. But some of these meats, like, um, it looks like the Soprasada sometimes has, like, a little uh, pepper, pepper nub in there. Heat and some fat. Exactly. So you've got, like, a brown ale because that – and that seems like a cut situation. Mm-hmm. It cuts through the flavor. So the meats are, for me, still very much a learning curve. I, I take better to the cheeses. But we've got all the resources for you to talk through kind of, like – why and how and what to do next especially around the charcuterie board. I love it. So next is pickles. Not going to do a deep dive but pickles apparently go really well with beer.
0: This is like a shocking surprise thing. I love a pickled anything but the concept of putting a pickle and a beer together.
1: Intentionally. Just.
0: Not as a mistake. In my head makes sense.
1: Right. So Pick- jacob's pickles is a place in new york if you are really into pickles or pickled things apparently that this is like what they do this is what brings people into the fold it's like cool. their director of beer works with jacob of P- jacob's pickles to intentionally pair together so and there's cool. things like pickled carrots pickled beets that go really well with different things so and if you're
0: thinking about a charcuterie board like if you're out in Ooh. a restaurant based on the stuff that we were talking about, there's always some kind of pickled element that's included. Yeah, And if you're one to be like, I don't know, pickled carrots are weird. The vinegar is too intense for me. Having it paired with a beer might balance out those flavors. So the beer isn't as intense and the pickling isn't as intense for you. Absolutely. That's a great call. So
1: we have... Uh, a link that you can look up the restaurant itself and then a specific article that talks about um, the pairings themselves from Food Republic. So that's one to look up, especially if you like the big
0: old things. Um, I feel like when you're thinking about life uh, and a meal and the things that make you happy, dessert first, guys. For sure. Always. (laughs) So. so, Always and only. um, You can pair beer with dessert and I feel like that's such an awesome combination and one that i found challenging but interesting was a creamy dessert like cheesecake with a belgian style fruit lambic Hmm. yum and so as i started thinking about this like does this actually make sense but the reality is that it does because what do you always put on top of cheesecake fresh berries
1: (gasps) oh my gosh brain explosion you're so right Mm wow 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 I mean, I read that, but it just registered for me (laughs) that that makes. And I'm usually not an added berry on my cheesecake type of gal. I think I just don't want to mess with like the perfection that usually is the cheesecake that I get. But this is a nice option. This can be instead of my berry. Add. (laughs) I'll just add my fruit beer. Oh, that's so awesome! That's so. I'm excited about what we're gonna do this fall. Yeah, we're gonna have to make that part of fall day. Fall day. (laughs) Beer
0: and food pairings. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited.
1: Um, Another one is Carrot Cake and a Double IPA.
0: I love that it's like dessert with a super intense beer.
1: Yes. (laughs) And I was like, that feels aggressive. But as, like, just, you know, as we've seen, things just go together. So, and my dad is a huge, 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 huge Carrot Cake fan, as is our friend Amy. He's not a huge beer fan, but maybe I'll, like, give him, like, a little, or I'll little bring taster. the double IPA for my mom because my mom's a big beer, beer drinker. So when we have carrot cake for his upcoming birthday celebration, I'll bring her a little double IPA action taster. and get that Well, in there.
0: I, f- I feel like that makes a lot of sense, too, because in carrot cake you have those warm spices, mm. and it's, yes. like, fresh and, oh, yum. And yeah. the, like, super fatty cream cheese frosting. Oh, Heck yes. And I feel like a double IPA will just... Just hold its ground. That sounds ideal.
1: That sounds great.
0: Crisp. Adds like a a nice little crispy element to it. So good. I'm so so pumped. Okay, so what are the things that we need to actually consider resource-wise of here are some takeaways, friends. These are the things you need to bookmark because even for the two of us, this is like uncharted territory in Uh a way um, which is why we love to do this is because we want to you know challenge ourselves so i found that craftbeer.com has a really awesome downloadable guide Mm -hmm. and they break down food components and compares them to the main beer flavor categories Um, i know we talked about you know rochester beer gals and the pickling Element. We'll have links to all of those in our show notes. Absolutely. Are there others that you you feel like are ideal? Yeah, I mean,
1: Carolyn provided a one sheeter on pairings that look like printable, just easy take Throw, out. Print it out. Put it on your fridge. Always have it for as a your resource. next gathering. Yes. And take it to the store with you. Like no shame in my game. I'm just bringing that giant piece of paper with me and just going through the aisles trying to find stuff. Um, and then there's a guide from the Brewers Association, which is really helpful and, and a good guide to kind of say like, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? All of the things that, you know, a guide does. It's really, really helpful. Breaks it down. Yes. And As we said, Rochester Beer Gals, but there is, like, a Pilsner-specific post that Carolyn provided that I think goes, like, that deep dive route, if that's, the kind of the one that you're into, and I thought that was really helpful as well.
0: And I feel like this is great, too, because Pilsners sometimes get, you know, not the love that they deserve, Mm -hmm. and she does a good roundup of some worthy Pilsners that you should be stocking your beer fridge with.
1: Absolutely. So this is—it's a lot of information. I hope you were taking notes. If you weren't, we have all of all of the resources in the show notes. Carolyn is available to be contacted through Rochester Beer Gals. Through Instagram, She had said she was really excited to share this information and was like, I think I'm getting kind of jazzed about a possible like pairing event sometime in the future. So if you are hanging out with us from the Rochester area, then like stay tuned for a possibility of that in the future. I'm already like signed up. Marking my calendar. Right. Calendar's booked. Yes. So there's just a lot out there. And as we talked about in the last episode, um, ask someone or use these guides but if it's something that's like interesting to you or you just are one of those people that likes to try new things this is an area that like I think for women which is why Carolyn started this is to dive into it feels intimidating because of the people that are already there but there are a lot of women doing this too and making beer and owning breweries and owning bars so like talk to them because they're ready to educate you too Um, and I'm going to be one of those people
0: (laughs) So I'm excited. Amazing. Um, I think especially in our land, we're definitely gonna start experimenting with this at our next hang immediately. Yes, for sure. So we'll definitely take a picture of like what worked and you know post about it on our Instagram. But if there's anything that you guys find that's really interesting and cool, definitely share it with us. Mm-hmm. But We've got got some work to do. I'm excited.
1: I am, too. This is like the fun homework assignment that I never knew I needed. (laughs) So let's do it. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.